You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Wednesday, July 15th. Hey, how are you? Good morning. Welcome in. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Whole bunch to do on this Wednesday edition. Of course, you know the deal. One hour. We run through it all. 60 minutes. And you know who's hosting the show, right? Michael K. Show trivia champion, Gordon Damer. You didn't think I forgot about it, did you? Yeah, we're going to run this down. We're going to run this down till it's like Andy Dufresne's rock hammer to a fine nub until the next accomplishment, which really, who knows when that might be. Hey, the number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. Uh, I'm on Twitter and on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. Daily poll question already up and running for today. I got a little uh, jump on things today. Usually I've been putting it up during the show because we like to unveil the uh, the names, the bad team names. But uh, I decided to go in a different direction today, so we'll get to that in a little bit. But the daily poll question is up for you. If you're on Twitter, you can vote on it there. Uh, today is Wednesday, as I already mentioned, I think a couple of times. So we'll have headlines today. Florida man back at it. Strong contender today. One of the stories for, I think, Florida Man of the Year. Look, there's a lot of great ones. It seems like at least one or two every single week. And we do this every single week. I don't think there has been a single day, uh, a single Wednesday, since we've started doing headlines, which it's been, it predates Brian being even the producer. So that shows you how long it's been going. And I don't think that there's ever been one where we have not had at least one or two just excellent Florida Man stories, and uh, we'll get to those as, of course, we lead you up until 6 o'clock. But let's start with the uh, sports headlines. Oh, and big sports headlines that uh, Jacob deGrom forced to leave the Mets intra-squad game after one inning last night because of back stiffness. We are expected to get more details on that today. And uh, look, this is something that I think that most people have kind of uh, pointed out, and uh, this one is is a good example of it and maybe not framed it in this way. Given the parameters of this baseball season, there are no minor injuries this year. Now, it might turn out to be absolutely nothing. I think it was 2017 or 2018. DeGrom kind of had the same thing and was absolutely fine, and there's a very good chance he'll be absolutely fine from this. It's just about, uh, you know, working out the kinks, and in a normal year, you might have this type of stuff, but when you're talking about someone as vitally important as uh, Jacob DeGrom is to the Mets, like... You can believe, going into this year, that the Mets have a real chance to win the World Series. You absolutely could. Even despite the loss of Syndergaard, given the parameters of the year, Mets are a talented team. Who knows how this thing plays out? Who knows who stays healthy? And that really is going to, it's important every single year, but I think when you're playing 60 games, it's going to become even more so. But if the Mets were ever to lose Jacob deGrom, for any length of period of time, right? Like if he were to sit out for two weeks, that's, I mean, it's just, it's a greater percentage of the games than in a normal season. So if you're talking about someone as vital as Jacob deGrom is to the Mets, there might not be a guy in this town. I guess you'd have to say, you know, starting quarterbacks generally, because it's just such an important position. But you talk about one guy who is vitally important to their team in this town, Jacob deGrom. If he were to miss a significant portion of the season, never mind the whole season, Mets are sunk. 
Mets are sunk. So uh, I saw the back page. I think it was Mets' worst headline or something along those lines. I, th- I still think the worst headline would be the Wilpons changing their mind and saying they're not selling the team. Imagine if they had like a big press conference, uh, figure it's to sell the team to Steve Cohen or somebody else, and uh, they get up there and say, you know what? We're not leaving. We're, we're staying put. We have, uh, we have uh, listened to the offers, and uh, we're going to just keep the team. But it seems like that is moving along. You saw yesterday there were reports that uh, the initial bidders have been whittled down to three or possibly four. The mystery bidder. Oh, my goodness. Who would have seen that coming? The mystery bidder all of a sudden. And who could that possibly be? Uh, but you know what? Up until this point, the Mets have had a pretty quiet, pretty routine summer camp as you could have had. It seems like the Yankees now have taken the mantle of every single day something popping up, players testing positive, Tanaka with the the concussion, judge every single day. So uh, this is a little bit break from that, and if you're a Met fan, probably not the one you would want. You have to expect at some point there's going to be some guys that come down with some aches and pains, but you certainly don't want it to be Jacob deGrom because, again, this year there is no thing as a minor injury. So we'll see if we get more details on DeGrom today. But speaking of Aaron Judge, did take part in BP yesterday, was seen in the outfield, I guess, shagging some fly balls, but did not take part in the intra-squad game. And again, that was the plan. It's always the plan until it isn't. And again, you know, maybe just being cautious, given his history, Aaron Judge's history, have to be cautious, especially with his importance to the team and everything else that's going on. But it is very frustrating when it seems like this is the this is the uh, the way these things go every single time. Don't be concerned. Don't be alarmed. It's just a minor thing. A couple of days later, oh no, it's getting better. No issue at all. The plan is for this, and then it's always changing. It's always changing. So he was not. He did not take part in the intra squad game yesterday. I'm sure they'll say. It's just a, a matter of precaution. It's just a matter of this. Just playing it safe. You know, we still have a couple of weeks. He'll be fine until you see him out there and playing. And even when you do, I mean, given his list of injuries at this point, and it's not like they're, they're uh, it's not like I'm trying to portray it as they're not legitimate injuries. They are legitimate injuries. But when you continually have them, even when he does get back out there, there's always going to be this this thing of of hoping that uh, something else doesn't pop up, and not really all that um, all that confident that it was, or that it will not pop up. Um, now, what is not a headline today, but probably should be a headline today, and kind of ties into our poll question for today. And the reason it's not a headline is because it's obvious. Headlines are supposed to be things that come out of the blue, right? But it's been obvious forever. Today's the deadline to uh, work out long-term deals for NFL players given the franchise tag. And uh, it turns out Giants aren't going to – it's not like they're going to be burning the midnight oil right down. I think it's 4 o'clock today because Leonard Williams, they tagged him. He's their franchise player. And uh, they already know, based on the way that uh, negotiations went, that he's going to be playing under the franchise tag. This is not uh, one of those things that you don't know. Will it come down to the wire? Well, no, it's not coming down to the wires because uh, the Giants have decided based on what Leonard Williams was looking at. And he's going to play this year for $16 million, 16 I think, point one. Uh, assuming he doesn't win his grievance because he wanted to be tagged as a defensive end rather than defensive tackle, despite the fact that 
he played more game uh, played more snaps uh, uh, as a defensive tackle but he's going to play under the franchise tag this year mainly because he was looking at in terms of a long-term deal as the 16 million being the jumping off point right like he wasn't going to say well you know what I'll sign for this one year but then down the road I'll be taking far and far less and uh, based on his production 16 million dollars awful lot for Leonard Williams so this has come up before it will come up again and our poll question for today ties into it, and it's up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer, as I mentioned, is that uh, we know that Leonard Williams is going to be playing under the franchise tag. Do you consider this the worst move made by Dave Gettleman? And not just the, the franchise tag aspect. I mean the whole deal. Trading for a guy when you weren't going anywhere, knowing that he was a free agent, knowing that you might very well easily be able to just sign him as a free agent and not give up any draft capital at all. Do you consider the uh, Leonard Williams move to be the worst one made by Dave Gettleman in his time as Giants GM? So you can vote on the poll question. It's up on Twitter, uh, at Gordon Damer. And I'll give you my uh, answer coming up. But a lot of stuff to do on this Wednesday morning, as we take you up until 6 o'clock, Golik and Wingo then. Uh, still no update on the uh, Washington team name. Although, did you see? Two things were very interesting on Twitter yesterday, and I guess late last night. One was apparently there has been this um, this big breakthrough in terms of a vaccine. This is from the AP. The first COVID-19, and how, how I meant, this is a sign that maybe I'm not a good sports talk show. I should have been leading with this. You led with Leonard Williams over a vaccine? What's wrong with you, you idiot? Uh, the first COVID-19 vaccine tested in the U.S. revved up people's immune systems just the way scientists had hoped, researchers reported on Tuesday, as the shots are poised to begin key final testing. No Quote, no matter how you slice this, this is good news, according to Dr. Anthony Fauci. <laughs> no matter how you slice this, this is good news, according to Dr. Fauci. People on Twitter right now, oh yeah, we'll see about that. People on Twitter everywhere, I'm sure. Well, no, this is actually not good news because we are all, aren't we all victims sometimes of doom surfing? Doom surfing is when you go on like social media and you're just looking for the just the the worst possible news, and uh, it's very easy to do in this day and age. So I'm sure people of Twitter are, are already explaining why Dr. Fauci is wrong. Uh, the experimental vaccine developed by Fauci's colleagues at the National Institute of Health and Moderna Inc. will start its most important step around July 27. Around July 27th is the 15th. People get to work. I mean, how wonderful. Wouldn't that be wonderful? What's the time frame? Do you think we actually, it, it almost feels like anytime there's a little bit of positive news, a little bit of positive traction, it's like an hour goes by before someone comes out and says, well, it's actually not this way. And in fact, it's 180 degrees in the uh, other direction. I, let's hopefully we can get through the show uh, before someone points out, no, this is actually worthless because. So. That's one big piece of news. Then the other one on Twitter last night, did anybody else see this? People following the Washington football. I don't know what to call them now. I've been calling them the skins. 
until they come up with a new name. Should I just start calling them the Red Tails? That's what it's got to be, right? The Washington football team, apparently there's some story that's being worked on that's going to make the organization look absolutely horrible. Now, I, I found something, but I'm not going to mention what it is because I don't know that that's the direction that they're going. And I'm not an investigative reporter. But if this is what I think it is, <laughs> it is a doozy. It, it is bad. It's really bad. So, and uh, for Daniel Snyder, if this, is go- if this went on, and it certainly seems like it was sniffed out by Ron Rivera immediately. So Ron Rivera, he just got there. And if this was going on, like the these stories and the uh, the rumors are saying it went on. Oh boy. Just when you thought it couldn't get any worse for Daniel Snyder, it might get worse. But uh, I I I don't think that I should probably but did you see it it's the, look, I found it, right? And 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 I'm not um I'm not the brightest bulb. I'll be honest with you. So if I could find it, a little bit of research on Google, you can find it too. So but we're not going to bring that up. But it was it. Oh, wow. A little, little spilling the tea, as the kids call it, right? A lot of interesting stories. 1 800 919 ESPN, 1 800 919 3776. So let's hopefully, uh, let's hope that, let's all say a little, you know, a little prayer that this, uh, this vaccine thing has got a real shot. And uh, let's avoid all the uh, negative talk for, you know, I don't know, maybe an hour, right? All right, one eight hundred nine one nine ESPN, 1 800 919 3776. So coming up, we'll get into a little bit more of the, uh, the Met sale. What's going on there? We'll answer the poll question. Is the uh, Leonard Williams move the worst one made by Dave Gettleman? And look, let's be honest. We got a lot to run them all down. We only have an hour. All right, so poll question today is uh, the move for Leonard Williams. The worst one that Dave Gettleman has made in his time as a Giants GM. Well, I think it really comes down to the the wording, the worst move. I do think it's the most baffling one. It's the most puzzling one because it made no sense at the time. And it feels like all the the offshoots of making that move at the time were all feeding into why they did what they did, right? Like, if you didn't give up a third and a fifth for the guy, would you be still franchising him? Or is that the sign that, you know, oh, I think it was a third and a fourth, right? It turned out to be a fourth because they re-signed him. So um, it, it certainly was the most baffling decision because it, it, it just didn't make any sense at the time, right? You weren't going anywhere. The guy was a free agent. You could just simply sign him later. Now, people, well, yes, but then you'll be bringing in uh, other competition, right? Anybody could sign him. As a, was anybody going to be signing him? To something more than sixteen million, you're obviously willing to pay him sixteen million dollars. Was there somebody out there that was going to break the bank for Leonard Williams? Probably not, and that probably would have been the best thing for you. So it's definitely the most baffling move, given uh, that the also the best thing. If you were going to list the best things that Dave Gettleman has done here, it's been primarily through the draft, and you're giving up more draft picks. When you could have just signed the guy. And it's not like you're giving up a fifth rounder or a sixth rounder. You gave up a third rounder in a year where you were terrible. I don't know. I don't remember what pick overall that third round pick was. But it was a high pick. So that that was uh, absolutely a mistake. Now, do I consider it the worst move? That's different. 
Certainly the most baffling one, but I don't know if it's the worst move of all. Uh, I would say probably not. I'd say probably the worst move of all was signing Nate Solder. Now, that's not the most baffling one because it made, it made some, some sense in that you needed to improve the offensive line. He was probably the best guy available that year in free agency. The problem was you paid him like he was some premier left tackle, which he had never, ever been before. So it's not really all that surprising that he didn't turn out to be that for you. Like That was something that George Steinbrenner used to do all the time. Like he would sign people that were, you know, one level player. He would sign them for much, much more and then expect them to perform at that higher paid level when they weren't that kind of player. Nate Solder, you could make the argument he was never a top 10 left tackle, never mind the number one guy. So I think that that's probably the worst move that he's made. Uh, hiring Pat Shermer obviously was a, I mean, he, he's had a hand in hiring Pat Shermer, right? You'd have to say that that was the worst move. And who knows? Maybe. When we're all said and done, looking back on this in, in three years or whenever Dave Gettleman's time is up as a Giants GM, maybe dr- the trading up to draft DeAndre Baker might turn out to be the worst one. I mean, I think it's impossible to predict the way that story has, has, gone, to, has gone, but I'm not asking you to predict. I'm, I'm saying based on results, right? Like whoever would have drafted DeAndre Baker, maybe the story turns out the exact same way, but I'll grant you, I, I don't know how any team could have known that that was going to happen. I guess it, it does kind of tie into background and stuff, uh, but uh, it's a little impossible to predict that. But I'm not asking you to predict. I'm, be- I'm asking you based on results. As you look back on the, the years that Dave Gettleman's been here, what has been the worst move? Well, I, I think it's probably the Nate Soldier signing. But uh, Pat Shermer hiring probably is uh, right in there. And And look, I'm not telling you that Leonard Williams – does not deserve to be in the conversation. I think that the better term to use for the Leonard Williams trade and then, you know, obviously move since then is is puzzling or baffling because it never really made a whole lot of sense to begin with. Also, I think that the, the Giants have some some other good defensive linemen that they drafted under Dave Gettleman. So it, it just doesn't that, that one never really made sense, but I don't think it's the worst move that he's made. Although I guess it is in conversation, right? So vote on the poll question. It is up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. I did want to do also a little um, update on the Knicks coaching search. Not that anything has changed, (laughs) but uh, things continue to, uh, I guess, progress, right? Like at some point, we're getting closer and closer to the end of the month, and that's when the Knicks said that they wanted to have a a new coach in place. Now, Ian Begley was on with the uh, great Larry Hardesty. Was that Monday night? I think it was Monday night. And he was taught, he was asked about, you know, the Knicks have this long list of candidates. Seems like everybody's on the list except Mark Jackson. Now, the Knicks, I believe, have interviewed Mark Jackson at another time, but they did not include him in this round of interviews. So here's Ian Begley on with the great Larry Hardesty talking about why Mark Jackson did not get an interview this time around. You know, I think he will be in the running for the net job. I think he and Toronto would be in the running over there with Mark Jackson. I think he'll be in the running over there. My guess with the Knicks was since they didn't view him as a, a, a serious candidate for the head coaching position, I don't think they wanted to disrespect him by bringing mm-hmm. him in for an interview for a job that they didn't really view him as a serious uh, person for. Okay. And then uh, what was the second one that he had as well? Here's Ian Begley again. 
I do think Mark will be in the mix in Brooklyn because you know, Kevin Durant, I think, is a fan. Durant's manager, Clemens, a big fan. So there are reasons to believe that Mark will, will get interviews with the Nets. Okay, so maybe Mark Jackson does get an interview with the Nets. We, we shall see. Uh, it, it is, and I know this is a name that comes up all the time anytime the Knicks job is open and well, the way things have gone, uh, it does certainly seem like it's been open quite a bit. And I do believe that they have interviewed him before. It does get a little bit more puzzling that he has never been given another shot. And here's what you can say. And look, I don't think that Mark Jackson, you know, every time Mark Jackson's name gets brought up, people who are pro-Mark Jackson will say, well, you know what, he deserves all the credit for building the Golden State dynasty and all this stuff. You can't say that and then not include the fact that once he was fired, the team went from one level, which was a, you know a playoff team, I guess kind of a, a playoff contender, although not a title contender, and then went to the greatest team or one of the greatest teams of all time, winning three titles in five years. You have to also include that in the mix. Now, it's pretty clear that the reason why Mark Jackson has not gotten another shot is not because of coaching, though. I mean, the guy can coach. It's obviously something in terms of his personality, and there are certainly a lot of reports that he did not get along with ownership, and not just ownership with Golden State, but it didn't seem like he could get along with anybody in Golden State. Now, a lot of times guys get a second chance, and you see that they do change their approach, so maybe if Mark Jackson does, you'd have to think he's going to get a shot eventually. I mean, he was over 500. He took over a terrible situation with uh, Golden State in terms of a, an organization, I think that made the playoffs like one time in like 15 years before he got there, and he took them to the playoffs back-to-back years. And you'd have to say, firing him, clearly the right decision. But that does not mean that he does not deserve another crack. Now, I don't think he's the right guy for the Knicks job, but it is kind of puzzling, man, that he has not gotten another shot somewhere given some of the guys who have gotten other shots other places. So the Post has a story about uh, a little bit about the updated Nick coaching search. And, you know, when it came up over the weekend, I was filling in for Dave and we had on the uh, television critic uh, Alan Sepinwall. And we were talking about that he's a big Nick fan. And he said that the name Jason Kidd is just being floated out there as a way to get Nick fans on board for Tom Thibodeau, which I don't know what percentage of Nick fans are really on board with Tom Thibodeau, but Anytime it seems like the name Jason Kidd is brought up, it, it all of a sudden, I've said, going out and getting Jason Kidd to be the coach because he might have a relationship with Giannis, that's not a road that you can go down. And if you were giving me the choice between Jason Kidd and Tom Thibodeau, even though I don't really want Tom Thibodeau, uh, yeah, I would obviously put all my chips on Tom Thibodeau before Jason Kidd. So the Post has a story about how um, it still seems like it's going to be Tom Thibodeau. Yeah, it's like 99. Maybe the the mystery buyer of the Mets, if they don't get that, they can become the mystery coaching candidate of the Knicks because it certainly seems like since this thing has started that Tom Thibodeau is going to be the guy primarily because he has a relationship with Leon Rose. And that's not to be discounted. I mean, you want everybody to be on the same page, although I don't think that what the Knicks need right now is the ready-made coach who's going to come in here and – and try to uh, you know extract every single win out of a roster that is not really built to win. 
But the Post article talks about while sources say Jason Kidd wowed the Knicks brass with a great interview, it might not be uh, enough to topple Thibodeau. The article goes on, Jalen Rose of ESPN told the Post over the weekend that Kidd, now a Lakers assistant, is a better choice because of his potential in either developing stars such as Giannis or attracting them. Well, I mean, again, everybody criticizes the Knicks when they put these these things, not that they even put them out there, but having this approach of trying to attract free agents and, and go down that road time and time again when it's pretty clear you're going to have to do a little bit of work before any free agent is going to be really interested in you unless you're just overpaying them. And given that the you know the salary cap and all those things, you can't overpay the real max free agent like a Giannis or like a real superstar. So that takes it, all you're doing it by attracting a free agent is just saying we're going to overpay somebody to make our own organization look good. So I don't think that a, hiring a coach who is uh, whose main attribute is to be able to attract free agents is a right way to go. What you do is. You get the free agents because your team looks like it might be going someplace. And then if those free agents want a coat, well, then you go out and get them. But the first thing is you got to get the player first. Another uh, part of the article that made me laugh is, quote, one source who has worked with Kidd noted, quote, he's won everywhere he's gone. He's 183 and 190 as a coach. Is that he's won everywhere he's gone. And it's not even like he. He's won everywhere he's gone, except uh, everywhere except one year with the Mavericks. I mean, he he was a great player. I'm not trying to take away from what he was as a player, but the idea he's won everywhere he's gone. He was in Brooklyn for what one year, and then he went to Milwaukee, where he had you know arguably one of the best players in the league. The last year he was there, they won 44 games. The next year they won 60. Not exactly. It's not exactly a strong argument that he's won everywhere he's gone, where he was basically a 500 coach. He's also lost everywhere he's gone. Does that factor into the conversation at all? It should. I'm a joker. Why did you join my beloved cult? Sir, to kill, sir. So you're a killer, sir. Yes, sir. Let me see your war face. Sir, you got a war face? Ah! That's a war face! Now let me see your war face! Ah! You didn't convince me! Let me see your real war face! Ah! You don't scare me! Work on it! Sir, yes, sir! All right, your moment of inspiration. I'll get you going. I've had my war face displayed in this house with the kids a few days. I gotta be honest with you. War face is coming. I've had a lot of work on my war face. Drive me up a wall. It is the Gordon Damer Show, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. We take you up until 6 o'clock, at which time it is uh, Golik and Wingo that come your way. But, of course, today is Wednesday. And that, of course, means it is time for headlines. Today's headlines. Extra, extra. All right. Headlines. Let's get them right out of it. Let's start strong with our headline segment. And we will do so going to the New York Post, which uh, I'll be honest with you, a little show behind the show. That's uh, primarily where most of the good headlines come from. And this one jumped out right away to me, even though it was like a Thursday. So we had just done headlines, so it's a little bit older than most of the headlines. But man on drugs arrested for biting seagull 
after it tried to steal his Big Mac. Well, several things jump out to me about this headline. A, you're not allowed to bite seagull. What was he arrested? Oh, was he arrested for being on drugs? Yeah, maybe that's what he was arrested for. Biting a seagull. I don't feel like that should. Is that a, there's, there a law? Sometimes there's weird laws that you don't know. and You're not allowed to bite a seagull. But to me, the most impressive thing was that the guy was actually able to bite the seagull, but yet the seagull was not actually able to steal his Big Mac, right? That's the man on drugs arrested for biting seagull after it tried to steal his Big Mac. And not only being able to bite the seagull, but being able to do it while on drugs. You're, you, you would think your perception of things would be a little bit off. Apparently not. Next headline. <laughs> extra, extra. <laughs> all right, there's Dave. At least Dave likes it. Uh, all the details on Nicola Peltz's engagement ring from Brooklyn Beckham. Talk about a word. Talk about a sentence filled with words that I have no idea what you're talking. I, all the de- you are really going to have to walk this back because I don't know anything about Nicola Peltz. I know nothing about Brooklyn Beckham. Uh, so this this article is going to have to be quite long because I know nothing about either of these people. Next headline. Extra, extra. New species of walking sharks discovered in Australia. Uh, it seems like Australia has some really weird stuff going on there. Now, I, I, that's one of those places that you always say you'd like to go, but you'll never go. I mean, you're never going to Australia. I mean, could you imagine? I think it's like 20 hours on a plane to get to Australia. Could you imagine being that stir? I've already been stir crazy enough, and that's in my house. Imagine going on a plane for 20 hours just to go there and find out about walking sharks. I don't know if they're walking sharks or or listeners to the show, despite my impressive title of Michael K. Show Trivia Champion. Yes. Uh, But if they are listeners to the show, again, I, I brought this up before. Read the room, guys. This is not the time for walking sharks. We don't need this. We don't need this. We got a little bit of a cure stuff thing going on, it looks like. A vaccine, something. Holding out hope. I'm sure people on Twitter, oh, no. No, it's not. I know more about. Meanwhile, they can't even put their real name on their their Twitter handle. Uh, So, walking sharks, walk it back, buddy. Walk it back. All right, next story. Extra, extra. Squirrel tests positive for plague in Colorado. Plague? The plague? Are there more than one plague? It's just the plague, right? You, there's not multiple plagues, right? It, it, that's the bubonic plague. Why the hell are we testing squirrels? Who's so bored that they got nothing else to do right now that they're testing squirrels? Let's find out what's wrong with this squirrel. Oh, here's a dead squirrel. Let's find out why, why it died. I would think nerves. I mean, you ever look at these? We had a very traumatic experience in the Damer household. So, you know, everybody's like walking around the block. That's like the thing you do while you're, you're quarantined. So uh, during our travels around the block for the one billionth time, we've discovered in our neighborhood there's a squirrel that has, like, no tail. So we have, uh, we have uh, named him Stubbs. Stubbs has become a favorite of the Damer House. We'll be walking, we'll find Stubbs. So uh, I think the kids were in the pool Tuesday, and uh, one of the hawks flew by and had a squirrel in the... And we're fearing it might have been Stubbs. Stubbs might have. But the joke, it might turn out that the joke's on the hawk. 
Stubbs might have had the plague. The plague. You can say what you want about diseases and, and things back in olden times. They named diseases much better than we did. They had the plague. We have COVID-19. The plague. That's scary. You want to put on a mask? Okay. Put on a mask. Which are you going to put on a mask for? COVID-19 or the plague? I'll tell you right now. I feel like the plague should have been a tag team uh, title contender in the WWF back in the 80s. Two guys known as the plague. That would have worked. All right, next headline, Brian. Extra, extra. How the Nets are dealing with a nearly unrecognizable roster. Well, don't kid yourself. The Nets roster was unrecognizable even before the whole COVID-19 thing, mainly because it was the Nets. All right, this week in Florida, man. Florida man. Yep, yep. Florida man with Pikachu tattoo arrested for attempted murder. Extra, extra. Florida man and sons charged with selling fake cure for coronavirus. Extra, extra. In Florida? Get out of town. There were hucksters in Florida selling fake cures for diseases and virus? I can't, I won't believe it. Florida man catches huge rainbow trout from unicorn pool floaty. Extra, extra. Florida man who voted against masks last week contracts COVID-19 this week. Extra, extra. Florida woman breaks into neighbor's pool to skinny dip. Extra, extra. Florida woman survives COVID hospitalization, says, quote, it's no joke. I knew it wasn't a joke. How are you to tell me it's not a joke? I'm already treating. You were the one treating it like a joke. Go ahead. Extra. There you go. Florida woman tops 150 miles per hour on motorcycle and police chase. Extra, extra. And I think the strongest Florida man story from this week, Florida man crashes bike after iguana runs into him. Extra, extra. All right. Woo. That was a that was a jam-packed headline segment. And Florida man crashing his bike after an iguana. I mean, imagine you have to go to the hospital because you ran it, an iguana ran it. Although, you know, who knows who's to blame? You know, they're always investigating these crashes. Nobody's investigating anything for the poor iguana. Who knows? Maybe he would test positive for the plague. Our poll question up for this Wednesday. Giants' Leonard Williams not uh, going to be getting any uh, contract extension, long-term extension by today's deadline as players uh, under the franchise tag. He will play under the franchise tag for the Giants this year. So our question is, is the Leonard Williams move, not just the, the fact that they're going to pay him $16 million this year, but the whole thing, the, the trading for him, the giving up draft picks for a guy who was a free agent, do you consider that the worst move made by Dave Gettleman? Two options for you, of course, or no way. I would go no way. I don't think it's the most baffling one. It's the strangest one because it just made no sense at the time. The Giants weren't going anywhere. It's not like Leonard Williams, you were going to be – if you were willing to pay Leonard Williams $16 million a season, even as a free agent, I think you probably would have landed Leonard Williams. So to go and trade draft capital, which Dave Gettleman has, if you were going to give Dave Gettleman credit for anything, I think drafting probably is his strong suit. I'm not saying it's super strong, but considering some of the other ones, right, free agency, coaching hire with uh, Pat Shermer. I mean, there's been a lot of things that have gone wrong under Dave Gettleman's watch. But I, I think that at least drafting players is one of the stronger areas of his resume if you are going to have a strong area. So giving up two picks, especially in a year where you were terrible. Now, I, don't, I, I probably should have searched it out after, uh, in the break. But that third-round pick, that was a really high third-round pick. And you're giving up a third-round. third-round picks aren't nothing. 
It's not like you're saying, oh, there's a sixth-round pick or a seventh-round pick. Third-round picks should be making your team when you are as bad as the Giants have been during Dave Gettleman's tenure. So I don't think it's the worst move. I think that probably the signing of Nate Solder is going to turn out to be the worst move. But passing up the quarterback or, or taking Saquon Barkley at number two, even as good a player as Saquon Barkley is, and he's great, but it hasn't impacted the team's wins and losses in any way because running backs are just not that important. Even a great one like Saquon Barkley, you could point that one out. The hiring of Pat Shermer, that uh, is certainly in there. To me, while it wasn't puzzling, I understood the, the reasoning behind it at the time. You had to improve the offensive line, but paying uh, Nate Soldier as the highest paid left tackle when he was never a premier left tackle simply because you had to get someone. To me, that was the worst move so far of the uh, Dave Gettleman tenure, but you can vote on the poll question. It's up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. As for the Mets sale, we've not really touched on that. seems like, uh, according to all the reports, it's moving on to round two. I heard a lot of people talking yesterday on the station of, why isn't this done already? <laughs> why, isn't this, why isn't this already finished? Well, I would think that it's not a quick process. It's not like it's not like shopping at the the supermarket where you just put the chip in and you wait for the chip to be you know the, the, a lot of stuff that you have to go through. And I would think, given the the situation of the world right now, it's probably going to be delayed even more. I still feel pretty strong that it that I don't know who's going to end up getting it. It seems like there's now four groups, uh, depending on who you listen to. But the uh, the the Josh Harris group with David Blitzer. The A-Rod cast of thousands, Steve Cohen, and now apparently there's some mystery bidder. And I wonder if you gave Met fans the option of A-Rod or mystery bidder, which one would you go down? Wouldn't it be amazing if the mystery bidder turned out to be James Dolan? Oh, my God. All right, now we're going to unveil the mystery bidder. And all of a sudden, uh, Mr. Dolan walks in. Oh, boy, Met fans, I'm sure would be a fan. They'd be real happy with that. But uh, I still feel confident. It's not going to be A-Rod's group. That one, I mean, if you had any other option, given A-Rod's history, I'm not, and look, it seems like everybody's kind of forgotten the past. Who cares about the past? But, like, if you have other people who are bidding more, and it certainly seems like Steve Cohen is, now he has to check out. And, and maybe there's some holdup that, that Major League Baseball is concerned about. It seems like the, the fact that he is worth so much money. Some people are floating out there that they're worried that he might come in and, and uh, you know, throw off the whole payroll structure of the league by spending his own money. I, I guess that's something you have to work out ahead of time. I don't know how you would get any guarantees that he's not going to do that. But I, I just think that the process takes a while. And it really has just begun. So I get that everybody is on board with wanting the Wilpons out, but I think it's going to take a little while before you you have a, a clear cut guy that's deaf. You know, give it another week. All right, let's. You can't rush these type of things, especially given uh, the environment. And I made a mistake during the break, like I was talking earlier about the story about the the, the COVID vaccine. I clicked on the comments. The first rule of the internet is you never click on the co- don't. Read the comments. I read the comments, and then my hope, which was just starting to maybe mm, go up a little bit, whoop, right back down. So, for all due respect to Dr. Anthony Fauci, who said, uh, any way you cut it, this is excellent news. Twitter will have the final say on that. Oh, really? You think so? Well, let me tell you why it's not only great, it's actually horrible. 
1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. The other headlines of the day, Jacob deGrom dealing with some back stiffness last night. Should get some more uh, details on that today. And uh, my takeaway from that is, while it might not be anything major, there are no minor injuries this year, especially not when you're talking about someone as vital as uh, DeGrom is to the Mets. So we'll find out that. And then, of course, the uh, the Aaron Judge update daily did not take part in the inter-squad game yesterday, although that was the original plan. But it seems like whatever the original plan, the next time the Yankees give you an update on the injuries of a player, they say this is the plan, take it and throw it in the garbage because it never they never stick to what the original plan is. And I get it. You want to be cautious. No need to push the guy. You still have, what, eight, nine days until the season opens. And given his injury history, you have to be cautious. But it is frustrating where every single time they're like, oh, don't worry, don't worry. There's reason to worry. It's like when your kids tell you, oh, don't worry. I got the summer reading taken care of. Don't worry. Did you read anything? No. Well, that's why I worry. All right, let's go to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. Oh, our buddy Omar is in Brooklyn. Omar, my friend, how are you? What's going how on? How are you, Mr. Golden Gamer? The Michael K. Trivia Question Champion. Yeah! Right out of the box. See, that's why I love Omar. Right out of the box. Who you beat, Alan Hand, David Rothenberg, everybody? No, I beat Don LaGreca. Oh, Don LaGreca. Oh, now he's going to lose some weight. (laughs) (laughs) That's a very rude thing to say on the air. That is outrageous. Don is a close personal friend. He is. Listen, I'm not dissing him. I'm just saying. You're not dissing him. You just said he had to go lose some weight. That's outrageous. That is a a direct insult. There's no way that's not an insult. The big king in the Michael K. show, Don Rekeka, you beat them. You beat the prime time guy. That's a great thing to do. Now That's everybody exactly knows right. Gordon Damer, yeah? Yes, and, Gordon uh, Damer show, about... uh, Gordon Damer, Michael K. show trivia champion. Okay, let, let me ask you. Let me ask you this right. question. Yes, uh, I, I think if James Dolan buy the Mets, just for example, at least the Mets fan cannot say that the owner doesn't spend. He's going to spend That's a lot of money. Absolutely That's true. Absolutely true. So the only only thing the Mets fans want is the owner to spend. And you can say about James Dolan that he's going to spend. So call James Dolan. The Mets thinks anyhow. So my team is better than the Knicks. So they're going to go further towards upwards rather than going down if you get an owner who's going to spend. 100% guarantee. The other owner comes in, you don't know. The guarantee in here, there is a guarantee that he's going to spend money. That is true. That is his history, and you have to. You hope you're getting the Rangers James Dolan as opposed to the Knicks James Dolan. And and you will say that at least James Dolan will know that he doesn't know baseball that much rather than the basketball, so he will not interfere. <laughs> right there, you go. Maybe you sign James Brody Dolan to a new lifetime deal. You're very happy on this Wednesday. Why is that, Omar? Why I'm happy because the basketball is coming around, the sports is around the corner, and a, a, a good news when I was listening to Michael Key at the end last night about that vaccine thing. Maybe it'll be a lot of other uh, We're losing Omar. Even... Omar's phone is, is, is crapping out. You there, Omar? Yes, I'm there. I'm All there. Right. What, what, what was it? What was Michael Key saying? I said in Michael Key at the end, he talked about that vaccine. I don't know what is. Uh, uh, the precaution. Oh, the vaccine. Yes. Yeah. No. It seems so, like it's a it's a real uh, it's a re- look. We're all looking for some little small sliver of hope, right? I mean, that's what 
even just as divided as everybody is, and uh, look, if there is a vaccine, I'm sure a good portion of the public won't uh, take I, it anyway, but it would I, allow the ones that are taking the uh, virus seriously to kind of get back to our lives and uh, feel good about sending our kids to I, school and said, doing all the things I, that we do. I said it uh, in one of the shows, like, it's like a rush hour, late July, if all the sports comes in, you will be changing the channel, uh, watching some basketball, watching some baseball, watching some hockey, playoffs. So, and then all up to September, NFL comes back, and my Bills are one of the favorites, and here goes. That's like a life coming back together, you know? Let's yeah, well, we'll, we'll see. Though. All right, Omar, we got to get out of here. Even, even uh, Tat, see that? That's why Omar, people always ask, why do you like Omar so much, right? Comes on the show, gives me the proper respect that I deserve. Don't have to pull it out of him. Don't have to get him kicking and screaming to properly identify me as Michael K. Show trivia champion Gordon Damer. It's it, he just does it right away. And, it, and his hat. Listen to how what joy, what joy in his heart that he got to say that to me. He's happy for me that I had this unbelievable success of taking the title away from the Michael K. Show. That's why. That's why I like Omar, even though he was uh, very tough to understand today because his phone was crapping out. But he's a good guy. He's happy for me. He's not one of these people that, uh, you know, begrudges you your successes. And I don't have that many of them. So anytime I do have one, and this might be the first one documented in the history of the show, he's very happy for me. All right, I'm happy for you. And uh, maybe you're happy, too, because the show's over. Yeah, it's done for another day. We'll be back tomorrow starting at 5. Please vote on the poll question all about the Giants and their failures. And we'll be back tomorrow at 5 to uh, run it all down again for you. 98.7 FM ESPN New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.